Hello, I'm Toby Haydock. I like Doctor Who and ice cream. I can't give you any ice cream, but I've got bucket loads of Doctor Who, and I'm about to watch a story that's been chosen for me by a friend who has also picked their favourite things about this particular adventure, and I have to try to guess what they are. So why don't you join me? You can watch along if you like, or just listen as I chat to you, offer facts, opinions, some facts that turn out to actually just be opinions, and observations, but mainly try to get us to those special places that Doctor Who takes us to. The happy times and places. Welcome to Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Haydock. So who's our special guest this time around? Let's get them to introduce themselves. Hi, Toby. Uh, it's Simon Guerrier here. I am one of those writers, sorry. I uh, write for Big Finish and BBC Books and uh, for Doctor Who magazine and stuff. Um, I've chosen for you The Even of the Daleks from 1967, in which the Daleks' diabolical plot involves them running an antique shop. Well, hello. Night has drawn in, and it's time for a classic, a spooky classic. The first missing episode I've done. So without further ado, in whatever form you're going to watch it, or if you're not, hello, I'll try to explain the pictures as best I can. It's Evil of the Daleks, episode one. Press play now. Well, how exciting and also terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite excited now because Evil of the Daleks is a bona fide classic. Uh, it's also <laughs> seven episodes long and mostly missing. So how enthusiastic am I going to remain tonight? The Evil of the Daleks. I often write um, just Evil of the Daleks, but it is the Evil of the Daleks. Um I'm not, I'm not great on exactness of things like that. Uh, the evil of the Daleks. I know it's horror of Fang Rock, isn't it? It's not the horror of Fang Rock. Um, so, uh, a shot of some stock footage uh, of Gatwick. And then, of course, the TARDIS is being taken away. So this connects with the end of the Faceless Ones. But, of course, because of the way production was done then, this isn't Gatwick. Of course... In uh, in the old days, I like these pictures of uh, of Trout and Jamie, which I saw quite late in the day. I, are they from the designer? Wherever they're from, they that they, they they weren't in the usual run of pictures printed for Evil, which were largely Victoria in her dress and Maxtable and uh, Waterfield in the lab and the fighting um, the the fighting Daleks and the Emperor Dalek. But that, yeah, so that wasn't filmed at Gatwick because it was part of this production block. But of course, if that was done now, you'd get whichever unit was on the previous story and go, right, we've got a couple of scenes at the beginning. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, we'll ca capture those for the next show. But but no, uh, 
you have to you, having just been at Catwick Airport not that long previously you then have to uh, do it I think it was somewhere near the BBC wasn't it some hangers now then uh, Bob Hall is played by Alec Ross who um, is only in this episode of Doctor Who it's his only but uh, he he was married at the time to somebody who would go on to be in Doctor Who. He was married to Sheila Hancock. So Bob Hall was married to Helen A. But sadly, uh, Alec Ross um, died not long after this. He died in 71, 72 uh, of esophageal cancer, which has a, a rather sad symmetry for Sheila Hancock because it's also what John Thor died of. Um, I'm not too maudlin, am I? Why do I know this stuff? Why do I know the personal tragedies of actors? It's because the actors always spoke to me. I think it's, you know, middle of nowhere. The idea that you could be, you know, a name on a cast list and you could you could spend your time pretending to be other people. Very appealing. And I imagine that sort of exciting life. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and, so reading about Evil of the Daleks uh, when I was younger, you know, the headline news is, of course, you know, Victoria's first story, but mostly, you know, the black and white Daleks fighting at the end. So not much heed was given to episode one, which is very much a setup, isn't it? Because it all takes place in the present day. Well, no, it all takes place a year in the past because it's set on the same day or what is it, 20th of July, 1966? Don't write in. I don't, I think you're all fines. Um, this is utterly, this is all guesswork. 20th of July, 66, which is the day some of the War Machines takes place on, which is also the day the end of the Faceless Ones takes place on, which is what gives Ben and Polly their excuse to leave rather unceremoniously uh, last week. John Bailey, wonderful actor. Uh, he has a very uh, broken quality, doesn't he? Um, and was a broken man the last time he was in Doctor Who because he was he's the commander in episode six of The Sensorites, the sort of Ben Gunn character, the guy who's still fighting the war um, uh, in, in episode six of The Sensorites. Um, uh, and, and, and that character too has a sort of broken dignity about him that that Waterfield also has uh, there's a real sort of sadness behind the eyes and a, and a slight readiness in the in the voice that uh, that uh, suggests melancholia to me um, it's a nice mystery isn't it the this this although mr mr perry is also not massively modern you know there's the nice mystery of you know waterfield with his with his uh century old way of conducting himself but but mr perry with his with his uh with his uh uh what they call you know what i mean buttonhole and and manner uh, is is also a, a a bit of a sort of relic um Um, but the, I'm from a time when this, I'm from a time, see, I'm as old as Waterfield. I am from a time when this story was completely missing. Uh, 
uh, and, and the idea that an episode of this would come back. It was, oh God, horrible reading this. When you first got the idea that Doctor Who had missing episodes, they went, I wonder which ones are missing. Oh, what? Power of the Daleks and Evil of the Daleks and the Web of Fear and the Dalek Master Plan? Oh, come on. Um, so, of course, they were the most missed. But then as you get older, and I think one likes the idea of being away from the crowd and everyone else goes, I love Power and Evil. And you go, yeah, yeah, everyone loves the Dalek stories. I'm more interested in the uh, esoteric strangeness of the Macro Terra. Um, it's the sort of mental games you play with yourself. And I think as I got to know evil, so I'm interested to see what happens later on, is that the middle episodes seem like quite a long fight between Jamie and Kemmel. Uh, and on the soundtrack, you know, you don't know what's going on. So I, I always see those as a bit of a, a lull. Um, uh, and, and of course, the early setup is quite Dalek light. So... I, I think I went through a phase of thinking of this as a story that only really kicks in once the Daleks start playing trains and being a bit weird, and then, and then uh, you know the the civil war on Scarrow, which is the the headline. And I think when you dis when you discover a, a a story like Evil of the Daleks, having seen all those pictures, you assume it's just seven episodes of sort of you know wall to wall Dalek fighting. And then you go, that doesn't actually happen till the end. Why why didn't they just do that more? Um, but it's and it's interesting because you to, when you go to well we'll we'll see we'll see at the end let's talk about the beginning so Alec Ross is also the father of the actress Abigail or Mel I think Melanie Thor who who was adopted by John Thor when Sheila Hancock married John Thor um, so she is the sister of Abigail Thor but actually they have different fathers. Um, and this is Griffith Davis as Kennedy, who I, is still about, I think. Um, uh, I've never contact, had contact with him, but I, I think a friend of mine has had a signed picture. Uh, he's got a sort of, that sort of spivvy quality about him. In fact, I say spiv. Didn't, I think they offered the part to James Beck, who was the spiv walker in dad's army um and that spivvy sort of modern sort of thuggery is quite you don't see many characters like that in 60s doctor who or you don't think you do and they i don't think i don't think of you doing so and it gives it a sort of it gives us a, a modernity and a and a, a and a sort of realism although he's a sort of type but because he's not space age or historical and those are the sort of two at this stage, in 60s, black and white Doctor Who, the idea of um, Doctor Who in the modern day is... is new, well, hang on, let's think about it. The War Games... The War Machines is the first in the modern day. Then, Faceless Ones, although, yes, or a year in the past. And then this. So this is only the 11th episode of Doctor Who. Oh, there's a bit in the chase, I know. I think you'll find... And Planet of Giants, but... The headline news there is the is the fact that everybody's shrunk. Okay, but but in terms of a, so I think give me a pass on planet of the planet of giants. See, and and so always there's it's planet of giants. It's not planet of the giants. Uh, I I like. It's interesting. It's this is very much set up. But what's 
really interesting about this is the way that Whitaker sort of writes the Doctor piecing the clues together. This is a whole episode of the Doctor trying to find out what's happened to his TARDIS. Um, and you sort of plot-wise, you can sort of dispense with it. But we have a mystery. And as the Doctor begins to solve the mystery, he's we don't know this yet, but he's walking into a trap. So, And that's actually, I think, a really interesting dynamic because, in a way, the Daleks... Are, are harnessing the fact that he's going to go Ken Kennedy. He's going to follow the matches to the trickle or he's the fact that he's intelligence and smart and will work stuff out actually leads him into a trap. So he is hoist by his own petard. He is, he is trapped by the fact that he's capable of solving the, the mystery. Yeah, he's, he's 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 very urgent, isn't he? And very sort of yeah, I like I I I like what he brings to it because because Mr. Perry is so posh and Mr. Waterfield is, you know, obviously he has this this oldy worldy thing about him because oh, hang on, he's from the past, uh, and it is a story that sort of moves from from place to place. It's not a static tale at all. But yeah, another handsome. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> um, and this is a this is what the first seven parter since Marco Polo. Gosh. Uh, so and it and it, and it so you can afford this episode of sort of creeping mystery uh you know we're we're sort of in the dark but also crucially the doctor uh, is in the dark uh but yeah this was um i i also i've got to work out what simon guerrier might like about this and he's a he's a writer so um, I suspect he. I don't think he'll be picking any of the performances. I, I, I certainly will. I, I again, this is an episode I would have sort of dismissed. You know, I've, you know, when I was because I actually I don't have the soundtrack to this anymore. I'm watching a reconstruction. I did have the uh, the BBC Audio CD narrated soundtrack, and I lent it to somebody, and they've not given it me back. I was sorting through all of my stuff got a few gaps in my collection that you go well, where's that gone over the years and i think i i tend to think of myself as guarding my doctor who material like a hawk but these recons uh which are from a lovely bunch of people called loose cannon i uh, when i when i uh, i ended up on my own having ended a, re a relationship it was ended for me i never ended myself and i was at a bit of a loose end and rattling about on my own and and i discovered these recons and so i i 
you know, I, I sent off for them and, and it was great because I, and I made my own CD covers to, I, I mean, I didn't do all the artwork because places you could get it online, but to match the DVD covers and, and I bought DVD boxes to make my, so that they all matched on the shelf. And, uh, and I was, that was sort of quite a nice project. It's great how we can be creative. And, and also there's something about the archeology span of filling the gaps of Doctor Who. And, and in fact, I'd counter, um, that that's you know that's that's as much of the fun of Doctor Who as the stories is all of the you know the actual experience of discovering it or in this case filling the gaps uh, and I had quite a right old time getting the uh, recons and they have a few extra bits and interviews with them um, but it's it's fun you know you can sit down and watch an approximation of Evil of the Daleks it's amazing really that we, you know the amount of effort that's gone into recreating. Uh, something that was shown, you know, just a couple of times. And uh, I started filling my gaps on my shelf and making the covers and, you know, because I was now single. And, and then, then I uh, met somebody else and sort of stopped. So I've still got some, still got some gaps. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, really, I need to become uh, uh, appalling to live with and... and uh, <laughs> be left on my own again in order to, to complete the few little gaps on my shelf. Although the uh, animations are now uh, making good. That is extraordinary. I mean, the idea that... I mean, I, I first experienced the whole of Evil of the Daleks with a, with a cassette tape that sounded like it had been recorded underwater in a sock. Actually, it wasn't too... The quality of Evil wasn't too bad. And my goodness... Uh, you know, huddled in my bedroom with a tape recorder, listening. Uh, this was better quality than a lot. I mean, Fury from the Deep, what you thought was the heartbeat going all the way through, it was just the tape going... Um, but I like, I, I like that, and I would counter that... Or I wouldn't, I'm not countering anything. I would contend that the fact that lots of this Doctor Who is missing actually makes Doctor Who more interesting, which is an awful thing to say. But that great feeling of loss, um, well, one, it spurned this sort of creativity, but also the fact that we covered something that we haven't got, uh, you know, it's what archaeology is about, isn't it? And so then picks up, there were no telesnaps when I was younger. So a lot of these photos, there was, there was no access to. I remember when I first saw a telesnap, um, of Power of the Daleks at the, the back end of a book called Doctor Who the Early Years, suddenly like, what, pictures taken off the screen? And then suddenly, oh, there's pictures taken off the screen of loads of Doctor Who episodes. And then it's like, wow, we've got telesnaps for everything. Oh, except season three. Oh, so now season three has a special thing because we don't have telesnaps for it, whereas we do have telesnaps for the other thing. And, and then, oh, and then a sensor clip comes back here and, then a, and, and that sort of gradual rebuilding. But I, th I think the fact, missing episodes fascinate me. I think because we imagine them, we piece them together. People do this clever stuff. We have to work things out. I mean, I know that with some of these recons, they that they, they, they even use you know get screen grabs of the extras, and I mean the extras, the background artists from other things, and, and put them on to, to get them as accurate as possible. Now the Tricolor Coffee Bar. Now this is interesting again because you've got music. I remember there being a big worry that should there ever be a commercial release of Evil of the Daleks, the, the missing thing. But we're still worried about those things. Because um, there's, there's modern music, isn't there? Um, there's paperback writing, which, I don't, which isn't this. I can't really hear it. Um, 
but but because it had Beatles music and Beatles music was um you know a definite no-no it would be too expensive to license um it was kind of well if this oh yeah oh yes because does Jamie just ask about is it the chameleons and then the music fades and and that that I, I love the music in this that it the, the, the music feels like um, it's on the way to an epic as well. Oh, and that isn't it. That, that this Dalek theme, but that 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 that, that sort of fluting under underplay as well. Um, the, the, it's like Dudley Simpson has got a memo to say this story is really important and we're building up to something because this is, as I say, this is an episode of investigation, but it has a real atmosphere about it and it has a sense of build which I, I know in this modern age and I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm immune to this we're we're itching for the story to begin we're itching for the Daleks to be in it uh, but of Doctor Who fans of old you know even if Daleks are in the title they don't appear to the end of episode one that's just gonna happen <laughs> yeah da, da, paperback writer but of course and I just assumed, oh, they've gone for modern music, but it was years later. That, of course, again, because it's the twentieth of July, nine sixty-six. No, it's music from a year ago, um, which again would mean something slightly different to a to an audience at the time than it does to us. Because sixty-six, sixty-seven to us, you know, it's it's the past. Um, coffee bar's a funny thing. Has he got one of those see-through cups? Yeah, I remember. I remember those see-through coffee cups. Oh God, I mean. How space age is that? They look terribly, terribly dated now. Not, I think that's what one is. It doesn't matter to make the point, because um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we had some of those kicking about, because our house was full of old. We couldn't afford anything new. Our house was full of old stuff. Yeah, see-through coffee cups. They seem so exciting. I was going to say the and the idea that you'd go go for a coffee now. People spend a fortune on coffee. I'm not much of a coffee drinker. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I sometimes think of a coffee bar as... There's a bit in Quatermass 2 uh, uh, where Quatermass meets somebody at a, at a, at a coffee bar and the, and the waitress bemoans the fact that people are all going to tea bars these days. Fashion, she says. That's all it is. Fashion. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of those scenes that they're clear to give an actor time to get from one set to the other. This is rather put-upon waitress. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah coffee, coffee bars they're very I was going to say that well, I've just made my point because I mean gosh Quatermass 2 is 12 years before this isn't that extraordinary that again sort of you know black and white sci-fi all sort of rolls into one but that's 12 years that's I mean that's that's you know, that's unearthly child to Genesis of the Daleks. Um, ah, polo neck jumper. Doesn't Jamie wear one of those later? <laughs> was the costume was the costume budget quite small? <laughs> yes, when when Kennedy's out, Jamie give Jamie his jumper. Um, it's only just occurred to me that you know the the time difference between. Quatermass 2 and this, that's extraordinary um, and we still haven't seen the Daleks but 
and he, you know he's been quite a, a, a key character but he's actually here just just pretty much now to, to make this discovery as as we'll discover he's uh he's not gonna be long for this i did like that bit in the coffee bar when the when the music went down and the doctor went oh it's something much more much more serious i i i only bring that up again because i don't think i i gave it enough attention um Yeah, and so and so, it's not just the Doctor who's investigating. You know, Kennedy is curious. So in a way, the audience are going, okay. Even the baddie doesn't quite know exactly what's going on. But of course, he's got a perfectly plausible motive. He's a he's a he's a crook, isn't he? So he's I think he's gonna. Uh, and of course, um, this is going to start moving in a minute because um, the end of episode one and the beginning of episode two. Are the same. I, mm, I don't know if it was restaged or not. So actually, what happened in episode one might have been marginally different. Uh, but and, and of course, this was the first bit I ever saw of Evil of the Daleks because uh, I'd seen the Wheel in Space episode six, which has, which has the clip of of, of Kennedy and the Dalek. Amazing in those days that yeah, you'd watch you'd watch a, a, another episode, and part of the fun of watching it is because it had got a clip of a missing episode in it uh and, and then of course an episode turns up that is annoy annoyingly it's the one that's got the missing clip in it and here it is i love that music it's real and, and that's great it's great and it's and it is a sort of deadly version of the doctor who theme isn't it a really sort of uh and that's that's great because the daleks reflected in the thing and and then you've got the shot through the through the safe that's a great piece of music yep we're on our way to an epic and there we go yes and for years I, I wasn't sure if because I think some sources you know would say and then Kennedy is exterminated I was never sure if Kennedy dying was the end of the episode but it's not it's it's seeing the Dalek uh, who's voiced by Roy Skelton for the first time which is odd because peter hawkins is also on board and he was your main dalek man um but the sole dalek here is uh is roy skelton now well i enjoyed that i hope you did too uh i mean the sort of episode i would usually sort of dismiss and you know pay lip service to because it's a it's a setup isn't it but actually i think what I'm going to choose about that is I very much liked the doc the, the conceit of the doctor solving a series of puzzles. It's very doctorish. It's it's interesting that we've gone back to the, you know, the show's original script editor. The doctor is sort of um, detective smart otherworldly detective but i also like the fact that all that problem solving is doing is leading him further into the web that is to emesh him uh so the doctor's detective work and the dramatic irony therein god um <laughs> what has simon guerrier chosen he's a very clever fellow so i'm sure he's chosen something better than me 
my best thing about episode one of The Evil of the Daleks is that even though this is one of the 97 missing episodes of Doctor Who, I think that both the beginning and the end still exist. Well, maybe. The ending certainly does. It's repeated at the start of episode two and also features in the Wheel of Space episode six, both of which exist. But according to the camera script, the opening shot of Evil of the Daleks episode one is stock footage of Gatwick Airport. And surely they use material shot on location at Gatwick for the Faceless Ones, episode one of which exists. So maybe they use some of that, but we don't know. We don't know. Ah, anyway, that's my best thing about episode one, or at least the thing that keeps me awake at night. Well, that's a great point. Oh, I see he's going to be clever, isn't he, Simon? Because that's that's not a thing. That's a sort of thing. I, d- I have asked people to choose their favourite thing. And a couple of people have said, can you clarify what you mean by a thing? And it's like, well, what you think by a thing? Uh, <laughs> and that's definitely a thing, if not a thing. Um, that's a great call. Yes. And I sort of did talk about that, didn't I? I? I actually think Charles Norton very recently when we were working on the Faceless Ones DVD, uh, you know, the, the animation, he sourced all of the footage and, it, and, 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 and look, much of the aeroplane footage, if not all, was not shot by the Doc 2 production team for Faceless Ones. It was They were given stock footage or they got stock footage, some of which was colour um, and st- still is colour. So... It's highly likely that the the opening shot of Evil of the Daleks exists. One was a shot was used um, at the beginning of this recon. It was it was moving, and there's no reason to uh, assume that they they got it wrong, or, um, and that it was uh, and that it's yes. So I like that the beginning and the end of Evil of the Daleks episode one. It's what I was talking about about the archaeology. I mean, I thought I'd talk about it because I thought it was interesting i didn't i i I didn't think to identify it as as the fab thing about episode one but it is a fab thing about episode one that uh presumably one day we'll be able to piece all of the missing episodes of doctor together by the little bits of them that we find uh in little corners of the world ah well look i've got a feeling uh we're on our way to an epic so um I'm going to get myself a cup of tea because that's... I'm not a coffee person. Drink coffee. It only leads to trouble. I'll see you for episode two, which excited me. Not just the beginning and the end of it exist. The whole blooming lot. Can't wait. Uh, See you next time. Thanks for viewing slash listening. Ta-ta. Evil of the Daleks is available from the BBC as a narrated soundtrack. Episode 2 is available on DVD as part of the Lost in Time collection. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydock. My special guest was writer Simon Guerrier, whose witty and inventive work can be purchased from Big Finish and BBC Books, amongst others. And his stuff is definitely worth your time. He's a funny man with a generosity of spirit and a gift for the offbeat. You can hear what I make of the following episode of Evil of the Daleks next time. (laughs) 
music was by Dave Gates. Special thanks go to Chris Boyle. And the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. Please go to www.tobyhadoke.com for more. And don't forget to rate, thumbs up, and generally be nice about this podcast everywhere you possibly can. It's easy for you, and it helps me, and I'll be very grateful. You can support these podcasts and any other of my broadcasting endeavours at patreon.com forward slash tobyhadoke and ko-fi.com forward slash tobyhadoke. Patrons get special goodies and advance releases and, of course, my eternal gratitude. With sincere thanks to my patrons, John Deere, Ian Key, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Richard Byatt, Paul Carrington, James Gould, Joe Llewellyn, Nathan Moore, Nick Temple, Apollo C. Vermouth, James Blackett, Michael Dennis, Tim Dickinson, Pete Dylan Trenchard, Simon Guerrier, Christopher Joyce, Andy Kitching, Pip Maidley, Russell Parker, Monsieur Poirot, Stephen Schapansky, Paul Shields, David Spencer, Sidney Trote, Alistair Wallace, John Williams, Peter Adamson, Peter Crocker, Pascal Zierker, Sidney Wilson. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.